you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with Vince Semperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, how are you doing? Jeff, I'm doing well. Dodgers completed the sweep. Clayton Kershaw continues to look like the Clayton Kershaw of old. And the Dodgers gained a game on the Padres, so all good. Yeah, 18 times in the last 21 games, we have uh, had a happy podcast because we always enjoy podcasting more when the Dodgers win, and they have been uh, quite obliging in that regard lately. Yeah, very much so. We're going to talk about their latest victory, completing the sweep over the D-backs. Clayton Kershaw was awesome. We're going to talk about that, talk about Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, we're going to talk a little bit about the bullpens, reliever roles, and, and a lot of those things. So that's the plan for today. But first, we want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. All right, let's start with Clayton Kershaw. He went six innings, allowed one hit that should have been called an error. Uh, and he, he threw too many pitches. That's what it boiled down to. Uh, but other than that, it was a solid game. He walked two and hit one batter. Uh, but, but he had a lot of swing and miss, uh, really Tim LaCastro fouled off some pitches. He had a couple at bats where guys were fouling pitches off. Other than that though, he was just, uh, pretty dominant. Yeah. The thing that stood out the most and a little bit on social media as well is the slower slider that he seemed to be throwing in the 82 range. Um, a little bit different, not quite a slurve, just yeah, kind of a slower slider. I'm not sure if he has a, a name or word for that. Uh, so it appears that he's gone away from trying to develop a changeup, and maybe this is the new pitch he's going to develop. And then the curveball was working. Anytime the curveball is working, Kershaw is probably going to have a good day. And, yeah, uh, he looked really good. Threw a little bit too many pitches, like you said. But all in all, for Kershaw to give six scoreless, uh, that's pretty much all you can ask for these days. Yeah, that slower slider was interesting. It has more movement than the slider. It was between the slider and the curve in velocity and in movement. Uh, and and it seemed really effective. And, and like we talked about with Julio the other day, it's hard to know if it's effective just because nobody has prepared for it because it's not on the scouting reports uh, or if it's, if it's really something, but uh, I am interested to see over his next few starts if he continues to, to throw that because it was totally unexpected and seemed really effective. Yeah, it might be something that he's been working on in this. I can't remember him throwing it the other games, but I might be mistaken, but definitely threw it a few more times this game, and maybe it's something that he wanted to get ready and get right by the end of the season in order to have it ready for October. So if that's the case and Kershaw adds another pitch to his arsenal, you know, it's just all beneficial at that end. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's been throwing it his other starts. I think we would have noticed that because uh, we watch him pretty closely. And Robertson, no, uh, Davis and Hershiser seemed uh, surprised by it too. So, uh, yeah, th- so that was good. Uh, Dave Roberts did say that the sixth inning was going to be Kershaw's last inning, even if uh, 
the ground ball by Christian Walker had properly been called an error. Um, and I'm, I'm being snarky about that. It's a, it's a play that's called a hit all the time. Uh, but I always disagree with it because the rules say that if, uh, if a fielder makes a bad throw and a good throw would have got the batter out, then the fielder gets an error. And uh, fielders always get the benefit of the doubt when they do have to make a nice play to get to the ball. And Kike did have to go down to a knee to make the play. But the bottom line is, once the ball was in his right hand, if he makes a good throw to first base, Walker's out at first. And that's what the rules say uh, is grounds for an error. And so uh, whatever, it didn't end up mattering the relievers gave up some hits anyway so it's not like they would have had a combined no hitter if not for that but uh just a little thing that kind of bugged me a little bit oh jeff you and your buggings yeah and kk benefit from that rule on both sides of the ball because later he hit one that should have been called an error on the third baseman and kk got a hit out of it so he uh didn't get an error and he got a hit so he benefited twice maybe, maybe um, he paid the guy today could be yeah uh, A.J. Pollock came in and pinch hit in the, when was that? The bottom of the eighth? Seventh. Seventh, seventh inning. And, uh, yeah, to lead off the inning, the the, the D-backs had a left-handed pitcher in uh, to finish the sixth inning. He had already faced his three batters, and they sent him out to warm up. And then as soon as the Dodgers announced A.J. Pollock as the pinch hitter for Jock, the D-backs changed to a right-handed pitcher, uh, which is, you know, it's shenanigans. It's not. It's something you see somewhat regularly. It's the first time I've seen it this year with the three better minimum. It doesn't come up as much, uh, but it did come up. And AJ Pollock said, "I don't care." And the first pitch the new reliever threw, Pollock hit it over the wall in center field, uh, which was nice to see Pollock uh, doing that against a right-hander. Yeah, that was great to see and put a little insurance on, which got a. The end of the game didn't get scary per se, but the tying run did come to the plate at one point. So it ended up working out that he hit that home run. And for Pollock, it's good. We mentioned the other day that he was still hitting lefties, but, you know, against the righties. And the fact of Jock not hitting against righties just kind of ups that need for another another guy to, to get ahead and, and hit against right-handed pitching. So if he can get it going a little bit, I, I know he might have a different strategy that you wanted to touch on. Yeah, uh, for, you know, it's a very small sample size, so it's more something to keep an eye on than anything else. But uh, Pollock's last two at-bats against right-handed pitchers, he's gone after the first pitch. Uh, His last at-bat in Wednesday night's game and then uh, this first at-bat in Thursday night's game, uh, he went after the first pitch. And uh, I wonder because, you know, Pollock sometimes has a tendency to get deep into counts and one of his struggles against right-handed pitching has been that when he gets two strikes then he ends up chasing a slider off the plate and striking out and looking really bad in the process and I wonder if he might be consciously thinking I'm going to attack fastballs early in the count before they have a chance to get me with their off-speed stuff and obviously if that is the case pitchers might pick up on that and start starting him with off-speed stuff and it'll be on him to to lay off the off-speed stuff in that case. But uh, but I'm interested to see if that is an actual approach he's taking or if it's just a tiny two-at-bat sample size. It would make sense if he tried to go that approach, but like you said, we'll, we'll have to keep track and, and see what happens. Yeah, and speaking of guys who swing at the first pitch, Corey Seager had three hits, uh, scored the Dodgers' first run, and, uh, and yeah, he's still continuing to look great at the plate. He's uh, He's... 
up around a thousand for his OPS. His batting average is way up there. I think he's in the top six or seven in the National League now in batting average. Uh, it, it seems like maybe Seager is just going to spend the whole shortened season hot. There's a big reason that the Dodgers have been so successful. Eighteen and three, like you mentioned earlier, and it. it Kind of started around when Mookie was moved to the top of the order. Seager slotted under him right then and there. And they've kind of been setting the table uh, ever since. And, and when Turner and, and Bellinger and Muncy got it going in the middle of the order, that's when we saw the, the streak of all the wins and, and putting up you know five-plus runs every time. So that's no coincidence. And those two at the top of the order, anytime that you get to that part of the lineup, you're, you're almost guaranteed to at least have – some chance to score with runners on base. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the second game of this hot 21-game streak was the first game that Mookie became the permanent leadoff hitter. So uh, we'll come back in a minute, and we will talk about relief pitching and some of the reliever roles and some of the things that Dave Roberts has said about that. But first, let's talk about Postmates. Sometimes you need stuff, you know, whether it's food, whether it's uh, – medicine from Walgreens, whether it's chocolate, you know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Postmates will get it for you. All you got to do is download the Postmates app for iOS or Android. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you whatever you need within the hour. You don't need to go to the store. Nobody wants to go to the store. So just download the Postmates app, iOS or Android. It's a free download, and you can browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download, download the Postmates app and save with code locked on. And let's also talk about Indeed. If you are hiring, whether you own a business or just are in charge of hiring for a department at your company, uh, we know that just because the world is weird doesn't mean that your needs as a business have stopped. And Indeed is the number one job site in the world because it gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed.com gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. And keep it locked on Dodgers. All right, Vince, it's time for our obscure former Dodger. And uh, the the D-backs had a guy pitching on Thursday night named Artie Lewicki. Uh, and you don't hear much of guys named Artie these days. And I looked, and Artie Lewicki is, depending on how you look at it, either the fourth or the fifth Artie to play in Major League Baseball history. There are four other guys who went by Artie, all of whom were named Arthur. 
uh, are three other guys, Artie Lewicki and three others. All four of them are named Arthur, but they go by Artie. But then there was also a guy named Artie who went by Art. And he is one of our obscure former Dodgers. I'm doing a double dipper today. One of them is Art Parks. His name was Artie William Parks. And he played for the Dodgers in 1937 and 1939. That was the extent of his major league career, a total of 290 plate appearances. He was fine, nothing special. But the most notable thing about him is that in 1940, Art, Artie Parks, Art Parks was sent to the Red Sox to complete an earlier trade made on July 18, 1939, in which the Dodgers sent players to be named later and $35,000 to the Boston Red Sox for a young man by the name of Pee Wee Reese. Artie, Artie William Parks, who went by Art, was the guy the Dodgers traded to the Red Sox to get Pee Wee Reese. And one of the other Arties in baseball history is Artie Deed, or Deedee, D-E-D-E is how it's spelled. And he played for the Dodgers in 1916. He got a grand total of one plate appearance. He went 0 for 1. Uh, and I just want to tell you, he made his one game in, that was his only game in the big leagues. One game, one plate appearance, but he made it count. He came in as a defensive replacement in the seventh inning, uh, so he only played three innings. Uh, and in that time, he had two pass balls and allowed three stolen bases. He was a catcher. Uh, he came in to a game that was, they were down four to three. And by the time he was done, they were down seven to three after all his pass balls and allowing guys to steal bases. And then in the bottom of the ninth, he batted with one out and hit a line out to shortstop. And that was it for his Major League Baseball career. Later, he was a scout for the Dodgers and later the Yankees. And uh, it was, the, I saw an article from 1947 in which it said that in 35 years as a catcher, Artie never suffered a broken finger and never dropped a foul ball. And this columnist said, that sounds like a world's record to me. Not sure if the columnist knew that in Artie's one game in the majors, he had two pass balls and allowed three stolen bases. So maybe he wasn't the defensive wizard that Jimmy Murphy thought he was. Uh, but anyway, so Artie Didi and Art Parks are our two obscure former Dodgers for today. Do you have any thoughts on either of them, Vince? No, it's pretty crazy that the, of all the Arties, two of them are on the Dodgers. Yeah, 40% of all Arties. Uh, maybe they'll tar for, trade for Artie Lewicki, but probably not. All right, let's talk about relief pitching. Uh, Vince, you noticed that uh, it seems like Blake Trinan and Dylan Floro pitch just about every day. Uh, they're both up there in the league leaders and games pitched. And, uh, and you know, really the Dodgers, uh, part of it, I mean, their starting pitching has not gone deep in a lot of games. And so they've had a lot of bullpen usage this year. Um, but those two guys especially maybe and uh so i don't know what are your thoughts on the bullpen usage vince yeah i mean i've been saying the last few weeks that i would like to see the starters go a little longer in some cases i've agreed when he's pulled them a little early in some cases i would have liked to see them go a little bit more uh but at the end of the day i mean they do have the extra levers but i don't think that's a reason to you know just burn through them all as we saw the other day you know we had a kind of burn jansen and then he had a pitch on back-to-back -back days the next night and struggled a little with command. Not sure if that was uh, directly connected, but we have seen Jansen struggle a little bit on back-to-back -back days. So it was at least maybe partially connected. And the other thing, yeah, I mean, it just feels like with 10 relievers in the in the pen, 
I feel like we see training and Floro pretty much all the time. They both have 17 appearances. Jansen has 18 appearances. The most in the league is 21 appearances. So they're not at 50% of the games that they've been in. Uh, but I would like, you know, this last month or so, I wouldn't mind letting Roberts let the starters go a little longer just to see uh, what they're working with and if they can come up with different ways of getting guys out a third time through the lineup or maybe fourth time through the lineup and maybe getting some of these relievers a little bit of rest just even though it's a short season you know everything's kind of shortened so yes in the long run they have more rest but in the short term they're still pitching as much as they would have so it's very much possible that uh, whereas it would be in october normally for a long season now this would be like kind of july august the dog days of summer where you see guys kind of break down a little bit anyway so i don't want that to happen in october yeah on joe and oral's podcast uh on today's episode thursday's episode oral actually asked dave roberts uh paraphrasing him he said is there a timeline maybe two weeks before the end of the season that you got to figure out bullpen uses make sure guys are sharp and grooming them for october and then dave roberts i actually transposed transcribed his response he said i think yeah i think two weeks is fair with the bullpen i think we've done a very good job of the roles or lack thereof which I think is a good thing. There's been a lot of up and downs for each guy, which is something that potentially in the postseason you might do. When you're looking at the wildcard series, there's only three starting pitchers, so there's two guys who can go to the pen. We've got to kind of figure that out, and I do believe that whoever those two guys are, they've got to get a little bit of runway to get acclimated to the bullpen. And then you're talking about the division series where you need four starters, so it's kind of mix and match, but that's kind of the only question for me. Um, so I thought that was interesting that Roberts kind of said he's specifically not having roles right now. And, uh, you notice that like even for as much as Trinan and Floro pitch, there is no setup man. Okay. Who's your eighth inning guy. Um, and you know, sounds like that's a deliberate thing by Roberts. And, uh, I had noticed maybe more mid inning pitching changes by Roberts. And it sounds like that's by design too, to bring a guy in with two outs knowing you're going to have him get through this inning, sit down, and then start the next inning just because in the postseason you're more likely to need a guy for multiple innings. So he wanted to get them. That's what he means by their up and downs. So uh, I don't know. You have any thoughts listening to that from Roberts, Vince? It makes sense, and I, I do. It's funny when the Dodgers make mid-inning pitching changes when they're up like five or so runs in the later innings. And the one thing is, even with all these appearances, most guys have been on some kind of you know, pitch count or they don't let them go a certain amount or the, they limit the stressful pitches. So that's why we've seen, at least on one occasion, that the Dodgers made a mid-inning pitching change in the ninth inning when they were up by more than a few runs. But, I mean, I like it. Uh, I don't like it, like, when, the, when I'm watching it. But if there's a reason behind it, then I'm all on board with it. And, yeah, I mean, we've seen training come in in, like, the fifth or sixth. We've seen them pitch the eighth. We've seen them... Uh, maybe close out a couple games, if I'm not mistaken. We've seen Grouderall do the same. We've seen pretty much everyone do the same. Uh, the other thing I would like to see, though, is you know, maybe get Cleric a little more to see if he will be able to handle getting right-handers out. If not, they're going to have to maybe bring back Alexander up and see if he figured out what his issues have been his last five or six games and, and get that going. But other than that, I mean, they with the Padres still kind of in the way, they can't necessarily do too much like they've done in recent Septembers where they've basically just had a, a full month of, of trials and, and trial and errors. But they can start doing it a little bit more as the season gets a little bit shorter. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see what Roberts has in mind when he's talking about getting the whoever the two starters are who aren't going to be in the three-man rotation for the wild card series. I'm interested to see what he has in mind for getting them acclimated to the bullpen if he's going to, you know, have, you know, do a bullpen game just there are a couple bullpen games late in the season just so that, you know, whoever it is, we'll say May and Gonsolin just for sake of having names for this, just to get them used to coming out of the bullpen. Uh, because, yeah, it's it's hard when you, especially when you just traded Ross Stripling, uh, I guess they could have Alex Wood start a game, but he's not going to be stretched out. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he plans on getting them acclimated to the bullpen and what that's going to look like. Very least, Julio... May and Gonsolin have all come out of the bullpen already and in key spots either in the playoffs or in you know late season last year so at the very least they have that already in their arsenal um so it shouldn't take them too long maybe one one bullpen appearance in the regular season just to just to get them ready I don't know you have any other thoughts on bullpen usage or anything else Vince no it's I mean it's when you're winning so much and the way the Dodgers win where it's all kind of spread out, I feel like we get to talk about everyone, not anyone's really, no one really gets pushed to the side so much. It was, I don't know if he said anything about Gavin Lux not starting against a right-hander today. If it feels just a, a day off or if, you know, maybe they're going to give Kike another chance or whatever it is because Lux hasn't necessarily been dazzling at the plate, but he does need the reps to since he was, family facing the same guys over and over at USC. Yeah, I assume it was just a day off uh, because he had he had played. He actually started against the lefty the other day. Uh, and so with Bellinger back, which I guess we didn't really mention, Bellinger was back from his injury and appears to be uh, none the worse for wear. He, he hit the ball hard and played good defense. So seems like a uh, crisis averted with Cody Bellinger. But yeah, with Bellinger back, it just kind of – that's one less opening in the lineup. And uh, so I, I assume it was just a day off for Lux. That's what I'm hoping anyway, because I definitely am on board with letting Lux figure things out because uh, talent-wise, you know, he, he has he should be better than Kike, uh, which I know isn't saying a lot, even though Kike did have two hits. Uh, you know, so I am 100% on board with Gavin Lux figuring things out, even if he continues to struggle a little bit, let him figure it out at the major league level. I hope. Oh, the one thing we didn't talk about yesterday that we said we weren't. Uh, Vin Scully's now on social media. Vin is on Twitter um, and d- Instagram. Uh, Instagram. I saw something about him maybe wanting to start a podcast. Did you see anything about that? I didn't see that, but it, I know there's been a lot of articles. He did a very big press run yeah. with a bunch of different reporters. I haven't seen all the articles. Yeah, I, just somebody mentioned it to me on Twitter, and I hadn't seen that, so maybe that was somebody's misinterpretation. I don't know, but... Uh, but yeah, Vin, he he's looks like he's tweeting videos. Um, he tweeted a, a welcome video welcoming himself to Twitter, and then he tweeted a video just talking about his first memory of Clayton Kershaw and that big curveball to strike out Sean Casey in spring training. Uh, I'm nervous because I think Vin is too good for Twitter. Uh, I think even you and I are too good for Twitter, Vince, and you know that says a lot more about Twitter than it does about us. Um, but Vin is definitely too good for Twitter, but hopefully he can drag the rest of Twitter up to his level a little bit and uh, and make it a little bit better place. Yeah, I think the funniest part of everything is I think Nightingale had the first article and then Vin reiterated it in his intro video. 
and he's it's nothing controversial i would have to imagine it's with everything that's going on right now then might have different views than is generally accepted on political i guess the dodgers uh, twitter or whatever it is or regular twitter uh, whatever you want to call it it's not necessarily liberal twitter but it might be part of that but uh yeah vin's definitely just gonna the way it was worded was basically like a digital museum slash look back and you know he's just gonna look back at old dates and what happened on this day or stuff like what kershaw today so i don't think there will be any issues yeah sounds like he's gonna stick to baseball which yeah. uh which i'm good with uh i love vin and it, it's uh it's been good to see him and hear him you know i've been a little bit worried about him since he had his his fall at home earlier this year uh you never know when you don't get to see somebody or hear from them regularly uh so i'm glad to know that he is relatively healthy he's definitely old you can tell that but he is uh he's still one of my favorite people in the world and i'm happy to have him on twitter as long as people are nice to him yeah looking forward to it all right i think that'll wrap it up for this week uh thank thank you all for listening please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts if you have apple podcasts even if you don't use it go ahead and subscribe there to help other people find us you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I am at Snydog. DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Uh, our phone number is 323-863-LOCK-5625. You can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text there anytime you want. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.